0: Sharing projects that matter. This is Community Voices on Portland Radio Project.
1: This is our Community Voices segment where we bring in a nonprofit organization that does great work locally and sometimes worldwide. We have a local organization here that goes into East Africa. This is called African Road. This morning we have with us Jennifer Hatton, the program's officer and community outreach coordinator, and Glenda Montgomery, the volunteer events coordinator, and a participant in the African trip that has happened. Yes. Good morning, Good morning. ladies. Good morning. Welcome.
2: Thanks for having us.
1: Absolutely excited to hear about everything that's going on. I know we've got an event coming up later. We're going to talk about, but we want to talk about a little bit about African Road. Can you, Jennifer, tell me a little bit about the mission statement behind the organization?
2: Yeah. So what really makes African Road unique is that we're not a traditional charity or aid organization. We work with local grassroots leaders who are already doing great work in their communities. And our mission is really to work alongside those leaders by developing relationships with them and empowering them so that what they're doing can be sustainable for the long-term.
1: Is that a great difference? So, How does that make you so different than other um, nonprofits that are working in Africa?
2: Yeah, so I think what really makes that different is that it's about empowering these communities to be self-sufficient. So it's really trying to remove ourselves from being the ones who are who are dictating in any way what's happening or who are creating a dependency. And it's really about making sure that that community is going to be able to be self-sufficient for the long term.
1: Glenda, in your experience over there, when you took a trip there, how did you see that actually manifest itself? Tell me about your experience there.
0: Wow, it was an incredible experience. I sure would encourage anyone who had a chance to go with African Road to go because we met extraordinary human beings. And I'm thinking when I'm listening to Jennifer talk, I, I'm thinking about, I'm consoler and he, and her husband, Elia, who are raising 34 girls. These girls are escaped slaves. They were in domestic servitude or sex slavery. And they escaped, managed to escape from that. But when you escape from a situation like that, you end up on the street. So Consoler and Elia have found these girls on living on the street in Dar es Salaam and they've taken them in and the the shelter, the home that they've provided for these girls is extraordinary. It's full of love. The girls are, are joyful and they eat every day and they are clean and well dressed and happy and going to school. It's just miraculous to see them. And we don't send money to them every month. What we've done is partnered with them to figure out a way that you can have enough money to raise 34 girls. So they've just opened a sewing shop, a notions shop that will supply the whole community. There's a lot of seamstresses in the community. And so it provides them with what they need, but it also gives an opportunity for Ellie and Consoler to have some income to support themselves and to support the 34 girls. At the same time, the girls are able to work in the notion shop. So they're learning skills that will help them to re-enter into the real world. So that's the kind of thing that African Road does is strategic planning and and to help kind of kickstart programs that might allow them to then be self-sustaining, so that we don't have to be there mm-hmm. all the time. We're just we're just lifting them up a bit, so that they can be on their own.
1: Now, the both of you have taken trip there, obviously. Tell me how the volunteers actually function in those roles while they're there.
2: Yeah, so I think that's a great question, and it also really points to another way that African Road is a little bit different. We don't do volunteer trips or mission trips as such. We call them learning trip, and the idea is to go and connect with the the leaders, our change makers, who are doing this great work, and to Learn about the context to learn about the projects. Really get a kind of ground level perspective on on what's going on. And and we are really kind of taking that volunteer aspect out of the perspective because we're remembering that we are not the ones who are fixing. We are going there to learn, and we're really empowering people who are better equipped than we are, who come from that culture, who come from that context. The great example that Glenda just gave, Consular herself is a survivor of sexual slavery, so she knows exactly what these girls have experienced because she's, she has she has gone through that. She has survived that herself. She is the person who we are partnering with to make this great change in those girls' lives because she's really the best fit for that.
1: So we've been talking a lot about what's been going on there for your organization and both of you. We've been speaking about the periphery of what actually functions around the organization. So tell me a story, a personal story from each of you. Something that, you know, you can really like relate to folks and like give them a sort of like a visceral feel what's going on.
0: Another story from the trip was to meet a group of women who were a group of women who have been born and raised in poverty in Tanzania and um, African Road helped support a VICOPA training, which is a, a financial training. But it's more than that. It's it's kind of a paradigm shifting. So these women came together to take this training. They were, you know, they were in poverty. They lived with pretty much hopelessness that they had understood that they were going to carry on just like their mothers did and the mothers before them to live kind of powerless in that that society. And VICOPA training, when I saw these women connect and present what their businesses were, what their new businesses were, it was just awe-inspiring. They had a new idea about who they could be in the world. They had the skills that they could use to to create a new business that fit the needs that they saw in their own communities. So they went from feeling as though they had no future to feeling like they had an incredibly bright future. Just the empowerment and the the life I saw in their eyes was just extraordinary. So that's some of the the things that African Road does is, you know, provide
1: this financial training.
2: And these women have saved $7,000 together as a group. Which,
1: which is, is probably a huge amount.
2: Oh, it's just remarkable. Yeah. I mean, the exchange rate, I want to say, is about, do you remember the Tanzanian Shilling I don't. Shilling exchange I just rate? know that
0: that's, uh, nobody ever in their wildest dreams would have believed that yeah. they could have raised that much money together. And they have this idea, although this is very rare in East Africa for a woman to own land, that's their goal, is mm-hmm. that they're going to buy acres of land so that they can each have a plot of land.
1: Well, let me drill down just a little bit further because I'm trying to get sort of more of a nitty-gritty. Hook. Tell me about, Jennifer, your one day there, feet on the ground, what would you do during that day?
2: Well, so this summer I was in, I got the chance to visit Burundi, which is a very small country. It's landlocked in Central Africa, Central East Africa, and I would like to share a story from, from our partnership do. there. Yeah, so, so we work with the, the Batwa indigenous people who are the, the oldest inhabitants of that region of Africa, and they've also been really marginalized from from modern society. So when people think of extreme poverty in sub-Saharan Africa, often you're thinking about farming, you're thinking about subsistence farming. Because this tribe are traditionally hunter-gatherers, they don't, they're not even farming. Like the, the steps that they have to take to get out of extreme poverty are multiplied beyond what it means normally to live in extreme poverty in Africa. So I had the chance to meet with a Batwa leader named Everest, who we partner with, and he faced extreme Discrimination when he was a child at school. He was harassed by other students. He was harassed by teachers. He was told to leave. He was told that he would fail. Um, All
0: because he was Batwa. Because
2: he was Batwa. And he fought back. His mom advocated for him. What his mom did was every time the, the discrimination would get so bad at a school, she would transfer him to another school. And so this kept going. And eventually, Everest reached high school and he was a smart kid. He was doing really well. And his mom, when, when the same challenge started to happen at that school, his mom approached the administration and said, Look, look, I need you to respect my son. He's smart. He's going to do well. And I'm going to make your lives difficult if you don't agree to not discriminate against my son. So Everest went on to graduate from university and became a member of parliament. And he is doing just groundbreaking work wow. on behalf of the Botswana Burundi. And I just, for me, that story represents the core of African Road. We're working with these leaders who are doing just remarkable work in their communities. And it's such an honor and a privilege for us to get to, to, get to develop those relationships with them and to get to be a part of that work with them.
0: And Jennifer was able to go and visit the Batwa and she ended up dancing with them and
2: <laughs> yes, dancing, having it, we had a we had an amazing dance party and and then at the end of the dance party, a group of people lifted me up and carried me to my car. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah. So do it you was want to tell about the ID
0: kits that you're doing?
2: Yeah. Do we have? A, do we have one more? Minute? Sure. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so our partnership in Burundi with the Batwa people, we started in three villages, and the the it's so hard when there's so many challenges and extreme poverty is is presenting itself in so many different forms. It's like where do you begin? And from working with Everest, we learned that identity and lack of ID cards was another challenge that people were facing. And because you can't get a job without ID, you can't. It's you can't very get, hard to get a job. You can't get health insurance without an ID card you can't get legally married without an ID card so so many couples had been living together without being able to be formally married their whole lives and just even having the dignity of being seen as another human was a big part of not having ID so ever said we really think that before we start to work on these basic challenges of education and agriculture we really have to deal with this ID challenge because that's just a roadblock for us in so many ways so we partnered with these village to bring ID kits which include birth certificates ID cards and marriage certificates and and that was our first step there and then that really enabled us to expand so now we are partnering with the First Presbyterian Church of Bend who have just done a tremendous job fundraising for this project and doing outreach in their community and with them we've been able to bring agriculture and education that whole all three villages now have health insurance and are able to seek basic preventative care for things like malaria and diarrhea, which are huge issues. And they're taking huge strides forward. So the transformation there has just been really huge over the past few years. And and there's more to come in the future. It's a great project.
1: Well, we almost got a chance to segue into it, but we told one story. So tell me about the dance party that's coming up. Yeah, You have an event coming up (laughs) on October 14th.
2: Yeah. So we have in celebration of Harvest in Burundi, we have an event on October 14th, and it's going to be with Jujuba, who are just a fantastic local West African band. They're an 11- Band and they're going to be playing at Cerulean Wine Tasting Room, which is in the Pearl District just by Bridgeport Brewery. And so that's coming up on October 14th from 7 to 10, and it's going to be $10.
1: And we're going to have all that information posted on the Portland Radio Project website. So when you go there to listen to the other blog posts from the week of the other guests that have been here from African Road, you can also find out information about the event coming up on October 14th. You're going to provide me that information, right? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. I, will send it over I knew to that you. would happen. <laughs> well, I really want to thank Jennifer Hatton and Glenn Montgomery. For sharing your time and these amazing stories because they just keep coming. There's just so many enlightening, sobering stories about the great work you guys are doing. Thank Thank you you so
2: much. Absolutely. You've been listening to
0: Community Voices on Portland Radio Project. Learn more at PRP.FM.